This is episode 77 of Civil Tension. I'm Peter Galt, and with me today are co-hosts... John Guansi. And Jerry Settle. John Sebeson. And Dan. There you go. So... Uh, I don't Happy actually day. have a topic. John actually talked about the, the college that is, uh, you know, paying for its comeuppance because of the baker that got beat Overland. up by its students. Yep. Uh, you know, that whole social justice thing, the mob rule doesn't work. 11 mil to the tune of 11 mil, right? So, yeah. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. So. I got all the way to Crystal Lake and started getting these electric shocks in my, in my neck. <laughs> in it's neck. because I got too far away from, from your phone. Yeah. yeah. The chip kicked in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. Take care. <laughs> Guest appearance. Guest appearance by <laughs> man yeah. who forgets phone. Man, man who phone. <laughs> that so, strange voice you heard. Yeah, that strange voice you heard <laughs> was Dan doing his ventriloquism act. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it would be it would be hilarious to hear him just one time say, "My name is Jeff." <laughs> Did you guys ever see that the new Twenty One Jump Street? Make remake movies. I remember watching. So, them uh, yeah, there, there's uh, one starts out with them doing. Uh, one guy thinks it's going to be a good idea to go undercover, and he's doing an accent. The other guy's like, I didn't know we were doing accents. And he's like, Hey, you got to do an accent. I can't do an accent. So this other guy introduces himself, and he pulls off this really uh, poor, but you know, doable Hispanic accent. And they're like, Okay, well, who's this guy with you? And he. It's like, uh, my name is Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me laugh every time I even think of it. Every time you see a Jeff. Yeah, yeah every time I see a Jeff, it just makes me think of that. <laughs> Hello, so. my name is Jeff. Like the Mr. Bill thing. But, uh, <laughs> Mr. Bill. Anyway, now we digress into freaking. <laughs> yeah, we've really off to yeah, a great this start. Is, this is just a wonderful start to civil tension. But at any rate, back to the college yeah. uh, paying its comeuppance there. I... This SJW stuff can only, I mean, you, you just can't keep doing this. It's, you know, social justice warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, mob rule doesn't work. And, and those guys, I mean, for crying out loud, those guys beat up a store clerk. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. the guy tried to steal yeah. after the guy wouldn't sell him mm-hmm. the alcohol because he was underage. Then he tried to steal it. Yeah. He tried to stop the guy. And then other guys come and beat him up. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And, and they wanted to call that profiling. Okay, if you're going to profile someone through their actions, then, yeah, anybody who commits assault, now. you know, you're an assaulter. If you're you stealing, you're a assaulter. thief. Well, well, I mean, um, and I think that the tragedy of this is that certainly there's that component, right? The asinine behavior on the part of, of, of young people, which, wow, that's never happened before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, not that's not the issue. The issue is that you have these ill-defined term leftists, I threw that in for Dan, (laughs) Uh, but these people who are very liberal and very Marxist and very social justice warrior and whatever it is they happen to be, the administration and the college president takes up the mantle Mm -hmm. of saying that the institution that had been there for decades, that they racially profile, discriminate against mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, and that you ought to boycott, don't shop there, don't spend mm-hmm. your money there. Right. It even got to the point where they were holding rallies, 
on campus and also got to the point when they would have tours of the college for prospective attendees and students and what have you, that they would actually highlight that this bakery or this institution, this establishment, racially profiles and discriminates and so on and so forth, don't go there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really the component of this that's tragic. I mean, sure, you have stupid everywhere. I mean, that's just the human experience. Uh, you have people, young people that make bad decisions, young people that can't drink, they want alcohol. That's not news. Mm -hmm. But to have someone who is allegedly of the elite at some level and that they are a collegiate president mm -hmm. and should have a modicum of common sense and do a modicum of investigation and say, you know, this may, maybe this isn't my fight. Maybe I don't need to be a part of this. Maybe, and I'm just spitballing crazy here, maybe we'll let the justice system do what it does because, again, it has nothing to do with the college. It has nothing to do with the institution. No. And so what we have is, is we have uh, the, these people that want to drive an agenda because it meets a narrative. They have an incident that gives them absolute confirmation bias of everything they think and feel, more feel, feel. than think. Yeah, not think. And they go ahead and they think that they're like a part of the 60s, you know, like, yeah, power to the people, roo, 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 what? Mm -hmm. What are you out of your mind? And then they turn around. They say, "Oh yeah, by the way, it's like Duke Lacrosse was all big lie, mm -hmm. and it's not just a lie, but we're gonna hit you with 11 million on the one hand, and then 33 million this morning mm -hmm. in punitive damages awesome. until until the courts and judges, and until they start hanging handing out these massive fines to make not just colleges, but also." Uh, those who want to impugn and slander and libel peoples mm -hmm. and the reputations of those who are innocent till proven guilty. And destroy people's businesses. Uh, I.e. Bill Maher with that kid Sandman, right? I mean, yeah. until, until the courts stand, start handing out these massive, massive fines, these people are going to continue to run with all the leash we give them. Sure. And I think it was just an absolute, it really gives me hope for the republic mm -hmm. in that way. That, wow, we can actually hold these people accountable and someone's willing to do it? Kind of kind of puts a smile on my face. Yeah, there has to be a deterrent or it will continue. It will continue. Why would they stop, right? Why would well, they stop? Where's the incentive? People yeah. are incentivized to do good and to do bad mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. And people will continue to run with their emotions unchecked and their actions unchecked, which can be very dangerous, especially when those people are in a position of authority. They'll run unchecked until there's an institution, i.e. the courts, that will put them back in check and say, actually, you really ought not to be doing that. And then this sends the signal to other colleges and institutions of higher learning, despite what you believe, which may be or may not be wrong, Right. you want to make sure that you continue to come down to the idea that people are innocent until proven guilty. If they're proven guilty, then weigh in if you want, if you really think you need another fight in your life. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I thought it was a great ruling, and thank goodness for it. I, I do think it sends, it is a good ruling, and I think it sends a very clear message of it. But these things are rampant. They don't stop. Uh, and to that point, my wife was just talking about that news article wherein uh, another fellow was shot by police, yeah. and uh, you know they don't talk about the whole backstory of why you know he again got he got stopped. He started to engage, <coughs> but 
He had prior stolen a car from a guy and shot the guy that he stole the car from five times. <laughs> and, you know, then he got shot. People are saying, oh, you know, oh, he's, he's a... He's, but he's a, a pillar of the community. Well, if, if that if pillar of the community means you're a car thief and a killer, then, well, <laughs> I guess that's the community you're building, and that's what you want your uh, foundations <laughs> to be built on and, and upheld by. But then they started protesting and actually started throwing bricks at cops. They started bringing the, up the, right, that's yeah. the one they brought riot police and, and everything. They brought riot police, everything, thrown, and some cops went to the hospital because they got hit with bricks. Those people are lucky they didn't get shot. But, I mean, where does it stop? This People simply don't look at the behavior. I, I could give a rat's ass what the color of your skin is. Doesn't oh, matter. Doesn't matter. I'm a freaking ginger with, you know, all kind because of freckles. I've got all kinds of colors here, but you know, I am considered the whitest of the white when you're a ginger. And, you know, I, the sun is not my friend, uh, but it's just absolutely idiotic. Fine. You know, absolutely idiotic that people don't look at behavior. Look at the freaking behavior. Yeah. And I know what the argument is on the other side of that. Please make it. The argument on the other side of that is, well, well, Pete, you are the whitest of the white, and therefore, just by your mere existence, you have privilege. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what? Tell me what that freaking privilege buys me, because it has never bought me a damn thing. Ever. Yeah, me neither. Mm-hmm. It, it, it absolutely has not. And, of course, they would say and that it has, and you're denying it. I would even say, well, what if it is? So what you're saying is if I have white privilege, that behavior is okay. Is that, that what your argument I is? Think it all comes back to the, I think it all yeah. comes back to the behavior and mm-hmm. that yeah. it's not okay. Yeah, it's still not to, okay. It's not okay if you have a law mm-hmm. that says you're underage and you can't drink. It's not okay for you to, mm-hmm. to purchase alcohol. Right. The store clerk was enforcing the law on the books. Uh, living according to the rule of law, the young man, regardless of color, mm-hmm. didn't like what he was being told because right. we, because as people, we tend to want what we want when and the way we want it, mm-hmm. in the timing that we want it. Yep. That's the friction between humanity and God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so we, so we want, so we want what we want. He decides, well, I'm going to take it upon myself to try to steal it. Yep. And then he doesn't like the fact that the clerk resists and his buddies jump in because they might be benefactors in some in some way, uh, having a bottle of wine. Okay, uh, again, it comes back to behavior. This isn't that complicated. But if this had been someone that looked like Pete, a right. ginger, which, by the way, for those of you that can't see him, which you can, he, he has so many different colorations, he looks more like an Australian shepherd than he does a human being. <laughs> I mean, if you know what those look like, Google that. Uh, but, I call them my mini, mini tans. Yeah. Uh, mini tans. Mini tans. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, it's a good look. My, my freckles uh, here. Yeah. yeah. But, but no, my, my freckles of many shades. Freckles of many. Yeah. Many shades. I, I don't have a coat of many colors, but I have freckles of many shades. So. There you go. There you go. Anyway, uh, and and actually, while we'll 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 pause here for a moment we'll because take a pause because um, we have uh, additional colors. Dan has just joined us. So why don't you go ahead and say hello. 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 <laughs> there it is. <laughs> well <laughs> said, Dan. Yeah, well said. <laughs> <You're wrong. laughs> if we want to change the subject, I would like to propose, I'd like to read something. Want to talk about cars? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'd like to read a plan, and you, I want you to tell me whose plan you think it is. 
Okay? All right, go right ahead. You allow me that? Okay, here. And I'm only going to read a part of it, so don't worry. (coughs) The citizens have the right to work, that is, are guaranteed the right to employment and payment for their work in accordance with its quantity and quality. Uh, the the, The right to work is insured. Uh, for the national economy, the steady growth of productive forces, the elimination and possibility of economic crisis, and the abolish, abolishing of unemployment. Citizens have the right to rest and leisure. The, rest, the right to rest and leisure is ensured by the reduction of the working day uh, to seven hours for the overwhelming majority of workers. The institution of annual vacations will full pay for workers and employees and provisions of a wide network, blah, blah, blah. Citizens have the right to maintenance in old age and also in the case of sickness or loss of capacity to work. This right is insured by the existence, extensive development of social insurance of workers and employees at state expense, free medical service for the working people, and the provision of a wide network of health resorts for the use of the working people. Citizens have the right to an education. This right is insured by universal compulsory elementary education, by education including higher education being free of charge by the system of state stipends for the overwhelming majority of students in the universities and colleges, by instruction in schools being conducted in the native language, organization of factories, farms, blah, blah, blah. That's just the beginning of it. Whose plan would you suggest that is these days? Well, it's remarkably socialist. Mm -hmm. If that's a new plan someone's put forth, it actually sounds like a very old plan from Mm -hmm. other countries. But it it sounds like Trotsky to me. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it um, sounds a little like Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Bernie, yeah Sanders. Bernie Sanders. I was going to say Bernie or AOC or one of those. That's, that's from the uh, Soviet Constitution in 1936. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, because yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. the Soviet Constitution from ni- Chapter 10, I think is what I read from. Chapter 10 of the Soviet Constitution. Sounds kind of familiar, well though. A little way. bit different words that, yeah. you know. Yeah. But... Similar, right? Yeah. Kind of, kind of scary, if you ask me. Well, it's... You know, something uh, some, that you, you, it uses the word right, and mm-hmm. I was listening to the uh, to the radio yesterday, and someone gave a really interesting definition of what a right is in, in, a, in a free society. Mm-hmm. A right in a free society is to, to take action of your own volition, movement, and initiative. Mm-hmm as opposed to having something being given to you having been confiscated from somebody else through wealth redistribution. And I thought it was really an interesting an interesting definition. I thought it was really, I mean, it's kind of a, gee, no kidding, Dick Tracy kind mm-hmm. of moment. But to have it be that clear that a right in America is the right to go out to do, to be. Mm-hmm. So it's not a right to, to have something given to you having that been taken from somebody else mm-hmm. who has decided to go up to do to be so true anyway well it's i mean just the idea that there is the right to work just i mean that even the concept of that being a right Mm -hmm. is just so weird to me did someone say oh everyone has the right to do this Mm -hmm. you know that's to to me that's something you earn you Everybody has a right to work, but not everybody has a right to a job. And therein lies the difference. Okay, reframing it that way, there you go. Because I'm thinking, when you say work, I'm thinking job. No, I'm talking about actually the right to go out and seek employment. So, yeah, you can go out and seek employment. Regardless of your level of disability. And you have the the right to create your own uh, employment or, you know, work for yourself or start a company, start a business. Um, Yeah, but uh, you do not have the right to... 
you do not have the right to a job. To be given one to you. Yeah. So the so the EU is, has that in their constitution was the idea that everybody has the right to a job. No. And so the fundamental question that's being hammered against them is, is well, who's going to support this? Yeah. Where's it going to come from? Yeah. You know. So I own a company, and they're going to come in and tell me the, the quota of workers I have to I have to hire, and what they look like, and what social economic background they have to have, and. So you can see why this is cascadingly stupid. Yeah, now OLC well, came that's out. what they did in, in Peru in the mm-hmm. 70s. Your your family has an income of this amount of money. You need to have these this number of servants. That was a requirement. That you paid a certain amount that's of money. That's interesting. If you, had, you, if you had this level of income, then you were supposed to, you were required by the state mm-hmm. to hire a certain number of workers to work in your house, a gardener, a maid, right. You know, and so people didn't. I mean, I had a made iron my polypropylene underwear. My lung, you know, that it ruined it because she had nothing to do. You know, <laughs> it's like and you don't so, hang up so, anything, right? Because they have to have something to do. Hmm. All of a and sudden, it's, it's like living at McCormick Place yeah, where you want to plug in. Yeah, yeah, you have to hire somebody. Where you, you yeah. want to put in the light bulb. You have a trade show at, the, at McCormick, and you want to put in the light right. bulbs for your display, and yeah. you, that, no. you can't do that. You can't, do that. That. You can't right. plug something in. Right, you can't yeah, plug you can, anything and, in. And, you can't, and tell yeah. her to go down to the store and get you a Coke because she needs something to do today. Right. I'm like, what? Crazy. Well, now AOC is saying nobody's able to make a profit until everybody's housing is paid for. That was the latest video I saw her talking about. Yeah. Basically, you don't have a right to a profit until everybody uh, has housing, paid housing. I'm like, well, how, how do you pay for the paid housing if nobody has a profit? Well, that's just a silly question. You well, you crazy guy. I, <laughs> I, I apologize. But what it, but Seriously, I, I know. But really what it's going to, but what this is all going to, eventually it's going to wind up driving, is going to wind up driving more and more automation mm-hmm. it's going to wind up driving and this is the and i've been thinking about this this is the concern that i have economically is that it'll drive automation but eventually automation reaches a point of no return or diminishing return in terms of the investment in terms of the write-off in terms of the tech and the articulation that has to go into making it all come about and so you have the, an, an increase in the labor demand for people that are building out the automating, if you will, of society. Mm-hmm. But once that need is met or that market becomes relatively saturated, well, then you're going to have layoffs because mm-hmm. you're not going to need that level of production. Mm-hmm. So now you're not only going to... Machines will build the machines. Well, the machines will build the machines, and eventually you're not going to have the entry-level jobs for people getting in. So... You know, one of my, you know, one someone who's really close to me, she said to me, well, I, you know, it's really hard to get an entry-level job because the baby boomers don't want us to get out of the way, right? And my, my suggestion to um, this young lady was, well, maybe the problem, the reason you can't get a job is because things are automated because the state is telling the employer that you have to make $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. And that you don't have the skill sets commiserate to earn that kind, and you're not generating that kind of value for the employer, as opposed to abolishing the minimum wage, and then you could get a job mm-hmm. because everything would reach equilibrium, okay, as opposed to being forced in price fixing. And she just couldn't get her head around mm-hmm. that. But my original point was that eventually automation, there's a big search for automation, eventually it's going to reach saturation, and then we're going to be looking for the next wave. 
Yeah, what's okay, well, now thing? what? Well, now that you've drummed out all the entry-level jobs and now that you've, the automation is saturated, what are people going to do for a living? Or is it going to be a matter of, okay, what used to be your labor costs are now going to be distributed to the government in form of a tax, mm-hmm. and then people are literally going to make just receive a check, yeah. right? Because your the labor for a unit sold will or produced cost of goods sold will be so low because of automation they can run lights out twenty four seven what have you, mm-hmm. and their profits so high, especially once the loans and the equipment's paid off. Yeah. Uh, once they get all that dealt with. Now, their, pro- their profit's going to be so high, they say, yeah, we can afford to pay what we, we used to pay in labor. We can afford to pay that in taxes and dollars and redistribute the money. I don't know what that looks like, but eventually automation has to hit the end of the line. It has to. That's when we send Arnold Schwarzenegger back. Well, there are, only, yeah, yeah, there are only so many things you can automate. <laughs> but, and to that, to that point, you have, you have, you have um, health care employment. Mm-hmm. And most of the low-level health care cannot be automated. You've got uh, people who Caregivers. perform you know, caregiver work, uh, DSPs, which are uh, developmental specialty professionals or spe- um, uh, support uh, personnel uh, that are a step below CNAs. And, and these roles generally right now are paying, like a CNA by and large throughout the Chicagoland, Milwaukee region, is somewhere between the fourteen to fifteen dollar an hour range starting out right now. It's and it's taken years to get up to that. DSPs are in the ten to eleven dollar an hour range. Uh, many, many, many of the the long term care facilities, uh, memory care facilities, all these you know assisted living spaces, developmentally disabled assisted living spaces. They're not geared, they're not structured to be paying minimum wages at starting at that $15 an hour mark. They're, it, it's, you can't automate care. You cannot automate those basic rudimentary functions. And, you know, helping someone get to the restroom, helping someone change their clothes, helping someone eat. You can't, I mean, you're going to have to get a robot mm-hmm. in, in order to do it. And... I don't coming. They're coming. I don't think we're anywhere quite. I don't think we're quite near that. I don't know. I haven't looked at robots enough. I know in the manufacturing environment, you see quite a few uh, robotic, robotic advances. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you, these these places, which are huge, and you talk about uh, the uh, baby boomers not wanting to get out of the way. They want to get out. Well, it, to argue that they're actually aging out of the way at this moment right now. Mm-hmm. The the oldest baby boomers are beginning to age out of the way, uh, meaning they're aging into the healthcare system, and they're aging into the you know what we have to get and need and require support. And Sixty five is cut off for baby boomers. Yeah, they're, they're getting not, no, it's not, not the fact that they don't, they don't want to get out of the way. It's that no, they can't get out of the way 70. in many cases because yeah, they can't afford to retire. Well, yeah. Well, no. You're talking about retirement age. Okay. I'm talking about maybe two conversations. Okay. At that age 65, 1965. Okay. So, yeah, that's – and 1965 is the end of the baby boomers. I was born in 1966. So I'm like – Missed it by that much. That much, yeah. And uh, so – You've got to keep working, keep us going. Yeah. You've got to support us, baby boomers. (laughs) But, I mean, to that point, you know, uh, my own mother is in a situation where she relies heavily on – you know, my brother mm-hmm. and 
So just to be a contrarian, one of the counter-arguments that's going on in this conversation about economics is that you guys have been talking about the, the supply side. Well, the demand side is also an issue. So one of the theories behind redistribution wealth is that you will increase your demand side. That's one of the ideas of it. Unfortunately, that increase looks like drugs and alcohol to me, but, mm -hmm. and gambling, but... But that is the argument, and this is there's a, been quite a few uh, philosophers, or excuse me, economic individuals who come forward and say that the old idea the, sure. of, of spending government more government spends better the economy. Well, that's not necessarily true. But Keynesian no, economics no, and no, what have you, sure. Yeah, yeah, which was still going on in Tony Blair's uh, government. Now they're looking at this thing and saying this is really a bad idea. <laughs> it's never worked. Well, and, and, and you know what's really interesting. So if we can draw it. I'm sorry, Don. To draw an analogy is that you have you have an engine that is generating so much flywheel horsepower, right? And then, you, but it really doesn't matter at the flywheel. It matters at the rear, at the, the rear tires or the front tires, wherever your drivetrain is mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. And what you have from the flywheel or uh, to the uh, tires is what's called drivetrain losses. And what you wind up with, economically speaking, is a tremendous when you have that redistribution of wealth as the money goes through the various bureaucracies and the administrative costs and their Fighting existence off. and all the rest of it, we, we should picture those as drivetrain losses. And that is, you, you're generating 300 horse at the fly, but at the rear wheel you're generating 210. Because you have all those drivetrain losses, that tends to be uh, much, uh, much higher for automatic transmissions traditionally than manual transmissions. Drivetrain losses for manuals are much lower because it's a more direct connection. Mm -hmm. The point being is that although that is the economic argument, my counter to the counter would be, yes, but what have, have we factored in the drivetrain losses, so to speak, from the person who confiscates the wealth, redistributes the wealth, as opposed to that person, if they were to keep their wealth and spend the money the way they want it, you'd have lower drivetrain losses. You'd have 300 horse at the fly, wealth. you'd have 290 at the rear tire, and bang, a much better proposition. Mm -hmm. And it's those drivetrain losses that I don't know if they ever really calculate or, well, or allow for in their argument. And I'm not talking about, they, and I'm not talking mm -hmm. about trying to uh, have confirmation bias, but a true analysis of the loss of how much do we really use in terms of output in the redistribution. It's fairly intrinsic, and I, so not just to make a counter argument, but for me it spells it out pretty good. When I managed for public aid, the amount of paper they went through was astronomic. Sure. Right, right. Now that's not there any longer. It's still there to a degree, but it's not there anymore. But yet you still have these people in the bureaucracy that still eat, they still sure. drive vehicles. The government is just a big company. It's, yeah. it's, it's well, that's the problem. The more government you have, the more layers of bureaucracy, the more... The, but the money still gets back into the system. Is the We're not talking about the, how it gets there, but the concept is that the concept is it still gets back into the system. Well, but it now, gets the difficulty the, with that concept is, is that when it comes back into the system, does it does it help increase what is it? the system itself? Does That's it? the argument. Does it what is stays it? in the bureaucracy and it doesn't mm -hmm. filter down into to companies that actually are producing things other than bureaucracies. Right. That's, that's the problem. That's my point. Are, are, are we just creating bureaucracies or, or are, is you're that... You're not creating them, but you're building, you're increasing them. You're absolutely. increasing them and the, the point I'm making is that if you're going to increase bureaucracy, all the bureaucracy is doing is siphoning, as siphoning. John said, he's Hi, siphoning, you're siphoning that horsepower off. And and the bigger the bureaucracy, the bigger the the, the, the bigger the siphon. So where does it go? 
That's the point. No, I'm asking you. And you, you, you're, it goes you're saying its it, analogy is accurate. I'm saying. Well, it, it's I'm saying going, the people that are in the bureaucracy still spend. They spend. Still work, they spend, but they things. don't. But they spend. But what are they spending it on? Well, they, so. they spend it on food and gas and in in. Not to the same extent. Not to the same extent of need that. People, ah, the infrastructure ah, of the infrastructure. Because so at the, the end of the day, it's for me, it's, it's my simple brain, is it's the difference between producing and non-producing. Right. You mean being productive and yeah. non-productive. Well, but right. I mean, actually, the, the government doesn't really produce wealth. It doesn't produce money. It, it, the, the private sector does. Right. You can't fund Absolutely. government without the private sector and, and, creating and, and, wealth. And you see that, that's the issue that the British ran into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, that, we Thatcher just, was the one that came in and, and kind of broke all that apart. Yeah. And then Hallelujah. But it's just like we've lost right, touch. They went right back to it. I thought post yeah. the other day. It's like there's nothing that's government funded. It's all taxpayer funded. Of and course. We just, again, going back to the language has been stolen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, free, free health care free. Yeah. I mean, and, and well, the government they, definitely produces a need. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it, it, we would not have the they technology. needs. We do not have the technology that we have today without the government. And, well, and, and that's and that. the idea about with war and nobody, nothing that big could ever do such a, such a thing. You know, and this goes back to this argument about the Depression era mm-hmm. and, and, and we, we, get, we got into that a, little, sure. a couple of uh, And I think, though, that sometimes that just because government has done something doesn't mean that it was a necessary thing that they actually advance anything, i.e., um, a lot of their programs during the Depression. I think that's very arguable. A lot of people I think with, regar- I think with regards the to the military, with regards to the space program, with regards yeah. to uh, tech, the Internet, yep. those are all debatable, right? Mm-hmm. Is, were they really good? I mean, shoot, I love Orange Tang. Wow, that was supposed to be funny. You guys are really <laughs> hanging on my other word. Uh, well, suppose, I mean, we're not going to argue with you. No, Orange tank like, is not bad. I like we insulation. But I guess that the... the do the, they the, still make that stuff? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's lost in space. It's rightfully so. But the, I think that the, the point of it is, though, is uh, that you wind up with government engaged in mission creep and they get into things that they really have no business getting Skull into creep. and it's a, and it's one thing for them to get into something and then evaluate the program and say yeah this really isn't a need anymore well, we can get out happen. of it yeah, but again happen. but if there were that type of thing then I could say okay there needs to be a tension between the private sector and the public sector as Dan and I exchange mm-hmm. over email that tension is natural I think that tension is good the problem is is that when people seek to totally eliminate that tension one way or the other mm-hmm. that's when we get into this issue of the thing sliding away. Uh, Think about it this way. Um, Grant Park down in Chicago, if if that back in whenever the 30s, whenever that thing, 40s, whenever that thing came to be, if that big mass of land had been owned by, I don't know, uh, 1,500 people, what would have come of it? It'd be housing or something. It would be, you know, a tent city or whatever it would be. Because it was owned by Joseph T. Ryerson, one man, mm-hmm. he donated out of philanthropic interest to the city and the community, out of love for the people of Chicago, mm-hmm. he donated it, and it is what it is. My point to Dan number two's point, if you will, and he's right, is that, yeah, maybe the money does go out to the system, right? But the loss is is that when things sometimes, not all the time, sometimes, when Things are when resources and value and wealth is cons- when it's consolidated, it can then be leveraged in a way that's exponential. That if that wealth were in the hands of a thousand different people, 
It just wouldn't, things just would not occur. Mm-hmm. And so not always, but many times that happens. And, and I can't, I, I recognize it as being a reality. I don't know the theory or the, the economic philosophy behind it. That I'm sure there's a label for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Dan knows what that label Probably is. Probably yeah. Right? Because I'm still over here thinking, I'm still reeling from last week when he's like, you know, I was talking about, you know, it's, you know, it's about manufacturing, it's about outcome and outputs and this and that. And he proceeds to make the comment, well, I'm just trying to dumb it down for you, right? <laughs> okay. and, 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 and it's like, you know, so I'm sitting here still reeling from nice. that. That's Dan number one. Dan number one. Dan number one. Yeah, and, yeah, then so, right. and so then I'm sitting here. Let's, let's get, let's get our Dan number so, so then I'm sitting here. This is an alternative so version of the cat in the hat. We have Dan number one, one Dan, Dan number two. two. And, we, and so yeah, I'm, and over the course two. of the week, I'm thinking to myself, why? Oh, I can't believe that he said that to me. And then I thought to myself as I was gardening, I thought, but I can't believe I didn't say to him, actually, Dan, it's more of a public service uh, on my part. I'm trying to protect you from using words you really don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> but, anyway, You've been thinking all week for that. I've been thinking all week for that. I've been waiting for that. <laughs> so, you got to kill the weed, you got to pull the root. <laughs> <laughs> and that means you got to get really close That's to right. it. That's right. you got to get close <laughs> to it. I should have brought a feather. I could have knocked him over. Oh, oh my gosh. He also agreed with you once last week, too. So that was well, kind of you know, scary. I mean, hey, I mean, that just shows that growth on yeah. his part. So I will say, though, that in the course of this conversation, I actually do agree with Dan One on his <laughs> suggestion and, and what he's seeing, wherein you will see the need increase and the consumption increase of alcohol, drugs, yeah. gambling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We're already seeing that insofar as if you take a look at one of our country's largest private employers is Walmart. Mm -hmm. Well, there are more people employed not by Walmart, but by the black market drug trade. That is actually technically the, and that actually has more employees than our federal government. (laughs) Uh, It's, it's estimated. It has been estimated, (laughs) but it's, it's, it's bigger. If you look at Walmart and you think, okay, how many freaking Walmarts are there? How many people work at a Walmart? And then you have, okay, look at all of this black market stuff and the drugs and everything that happens there. Yeah. That area has more employees. It's a larger employer, even though it's not a legal employer. It is an employer that is supporting a mechanism. And I think I would agree with you. I think you'd see a, a larger increase there mm-hmm. for that need. And, and well, yeah, the government I mean, is taking over for the mob. And well, you see, well, you see a wee bitty bits of that in the legalization of marijuana, and that seems to be a little bit of a test. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna, you know, some states are legalizing this, legalizing that, and it seems to be a bit of a test, a little bit of a litmus test as to how effective that will be. And then you got to figure out where is this money coming from? And you mentioned the, the you know, people are still going to drive cars, are still going to have food. Well, here in Illinois, what is it, July 1st, we get to have our gas tax doubled? Right. Yeah. So, but, 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 you can't, but you can't generate true wealth and by just providing for subsistence needs. You can't provide real wealth for no, subsistence. Right. Sustain, sustainable. Right. That's sustainable. Right. Sustainable. Right. It's sustainable wealth. The, the yeah. very... Well, and nobody, everybody's looking at the gas tax, but look at what it's going to do to your food prices. Mm-hmm. Well, everything, the food, well, the food prices are going to go nuts this year because yeah. of because of the farming. So it's it's not just the gas tax. It's, right. It's, I mean, all the all the it's water the that we receive. Yeah. 
The Bernie said we'd all be delighted to pay more taxes. So the argument is certain. Absolutely not. back and forth about you know we're talking about a collection of power. I don't know how else to put that. That that where you're going to have one one group that holds a power edge, and so the so the the new right, which is not which is left. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> what these people are arguing is that it's in the hands of business individuals that have no oversight, and this is what their big argument about this is. And so this whole concept about how they got to where they're at because they were privileged, mm-hmm. you know, is actually a thing. It's an argument, and it's a valid one. Um, the privileges that they had, were afforded to was the fact that they were trained well. They, not all of them, okay, this is, I'm using a broad brush here, but they were trained well, they were, they were schooled well, mm-hmm. and they were able to take opportunity when it was available. So that, that's the argument. So, that, so the, when I hear this concept about having government take over, you know, instead of having, like, you know, many single individuals that have a lot of money, they want one. And I mean, it's just, it, it's a cascadingly terrible idea. Yeah. For many reasons, but I think that's really what the issue that's going on here is. So when I talked to my friend, uh, who's a really intelligent fellow, uh, he's in a very good high-level job, you know, he's a director, and he's, he's arguing for this point. And I'm saying, well, don't you understand why this is wrong? He goes, well, it's better than having these people do whatever they want to with no oversight. But but you see, that's the, uh, that's the problem. No, 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 no. Yeah. But, you, but, yeah. but the problem with that argument is is that is that it's an all or nothing, and yeah. that's the issue. Mm-hmm. No one here. I mean, I I tend to be pretty conservative, but A bit. No, yeah. I don't yeah. think we notice. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really. I'm sorry, I haven't been very communicative. <laughs> yeah. But the point, but but I never argue for private sector without an oversight or right. accountability, regulation. Right. without regulation. It's it's a I want the least amount of regulation involved to for a, for an institution or a private entity to do what the society thinks is correct and proper. Mm-hmm. That is, you don't pollute the water, you don't kill your customer base, you don't whatever, whatever. You don't get a monopoly. You don't get a monopoly, right. so on and right. so forth. You don't I mean, have I want the, I want the least amount of regulation to have yeah. the, I want the least amount of regulation to have the greatest level of accountability so that private institutions will act with a social conscience, mm-hmm. so they'll act appropriately. The leftists or liberals or whatever they are, people that aren't me, they, they want they. That's they, a broad. That's a broad. That's a pretty like narrow. Everyone that's pretty narrow. That's pretty narrow. Everybody six and a half billion people there, John. Well, I, mean, I, I mean, I've got an RPM range from like yeah. fifteen hundred to seventeen fifty. That's it. You got it. You're shifting all the time. But the point being, though, is that those people that are not me, they want the max maximum amount of regulation and oversight and what have you that just allows the thing continue to survive and live. Yeah. So it's a totally different perspective. Mm-hmm. And, to, if, and I remember sitting in the room with Dan's friend who was a director. Right. I would say, you're not completely wrong, but there is a big difference between uh, government t- totalitarianism and tyranny versus nihilism. There's a great, there's a lot of gray yeah. to work in. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And based on your operational theater and your societal context, mm-hmm. that pendulum needs to move a little bit. It has to be flexible. Mm-hmm. This is the conservative admitting and conceding this, but the but the ideologue in the form of the left, going back to our original story at the college, mm-hmm. right. there was no pendulum movement at no. Oberheim College or whatever the name of the Oberlin, Oberlin, Oberlin College. 
There was no pendulum. There was no waiting to see, well, what does this really mean? Conform or die. But there are no legal consequence for that, actually. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. Well, and I think to this point, you know, and I, I think Amazon is an example right now of what we're kind of talking about in terms of, I mean, there's a lot of things I don't like about Amazon, but... I mean, like the recording of children's voices? Something that like just that, came yeah. out, yeah. But it, but it, and and so again, I agree. There should be some oversight, and to me, there should be laws. Mm. If you break the law, you go to jail. That's the best way to keep people from doing stuff they shouldn't do. But that's a whole different story. But my <laughs> point is, is Jesse Smollett. Everything about <laughs> yeah, exactly. But everything. People that complain, and I keep picking on AOC when she was complaining about them, and all she does is complain about these companies that that make a lot of money. And yeah, sometimes it's overwhelming how much money they have. But look at how many people it has employed, how many millionaires it's created, how much wealth it's created. That is paying taxes into the is providing revenue to the government that if Amazon never existed, wouldn't be there. And, and I'm just so tired of the bashing of an Amazon while it's perfectly okay for the government to be doing terrible things to us and putting their thumb on us. I've never understood why, I, why you would pick someone who just maybe has some financial control over you know, the, a company versus a government who can do a lot more than just treat you bad on the job. You, I've never understood why one would but, pick well, one. Well, she almost iterated your point when, and again, I know we're picking on AOC here, oh, but she's, she's an almost, easy target, yeah. Almost iterated your point when she was arguing for wage and salary increases for the feds. Yeah, for themselves. For themselves yeah. Essentially saying, look, if you we don't give should. us more money, and I'm greatly paraphrasing right. here, which I think I've heard other people do already, but uh, you know, if you don't pay us more, then of course bribery is going to exist within right. the government. And you know, we, if, if we're forced to take these bribes, we're going to have to do what we got to do you know, in order yeah. to. Yeah. If, so 174 thousand, I'm going to take bribes. 178 thousand, I'm not. But, so, I mean, but the taking of bribe is not an issue of revenue. It's an it's issue got, of character. It's got nothing to do with revenue. Exactly. With revenue. And so yeah, it's we've a, already established you're a whore. We're just, yeah. we're just we're handing over the right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you know what? But what many people will just call them, those who are not John. Those who are not John, what they don't ever want to deal with, they, they want to talk about profit all day long. But what they don't want to talk about is what about the risk? Yeah, yeah. No That's way. involved. Now, I want. Now we, it's really important that we define risk because I don't think people think about this very much. Risk is taking an action whereby that action could result in a negative outcome. Right. There is minimal to no risk in government. They do things all day long. There's really no. There's no negative outcome for the government. They just keep doing what they're doing. There's negative outcomes to other people, yeah, but not people, to the yeah. institution. Uh, there, have been, there have been a lot of dictators that have been hung over that concept. I remember some king that had that idea and he got his head cut off. Well, there's, there's a lot of risk government yeah, takes. The Supreme Court takes a lot of risk. Yeah, they do. I mean, if they, 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 and that risk is uh, the fact that they have to be rebel. So if the if the if the Supreme Court passes a law and the, they think society ain't gonna like it, they're not gonna pass it because if society ever says that the Supreme Court is not relevant, you got huge problems, and they know this. Well, and there's some and there's some parts of society that already think mm -hmm. that that they are actually oh, irrelevant. There always will be, of course. Yeah. They're just because well, they think the Constitution oh, is right. irrelevant. But, but but the majority. Well, see, so this is where we're getting to this. Him and I had a nice discourse back and forth. We talked about a lot of things, but but the, but that's the idea about it is, the, is this aspect of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So when you talk up about social justice, this is not constitutional. 
So right. we, no. we have laws against this. Mm-hmm. In fact, that whoever that baker is, if they actually do go after him with this with this campaign, and he can prove that he lost money, he can sue them for that and for damages. Yeah, Which he's got forty four million. It's, it's called a slap suit. Yeah, yeah. he's getting that. Right. He, 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 he won. Oh, he, he, he I wasn't aware of that. He yeah. was getting forty four million dollars. Wow, nice baker. That's why we're saying it was it was eleven it was eleven it was eleven million in one form of a charge, and it was thirty three impunitive. This morning was awarded. And you sure didn't go from eleven to thirty three? No, they're two different two separate charges. Two separate. Yeah. Two different This is rule. Make a lot of muffins with that. Thought it was screwed. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the basis of it. And so the, the question is, is, well, who makes the law? And so in this country, we're saying that it's the people that make the law. And really, it's our people, the people's representatives, representatives right, right. which is the whole and, and, and the reason why we use representatives is because these are people that are elite. And then, with what they're supposedly. That's the well, idea. And they, they ask them. And, they ought to, and they ought to act apart. As opposed to acting, be, as opposed to acting like AOC, well, you know, I need another four grand, and that's going to keep me from being taking bribes. Right. Yeah. But, but I that's think this is a good thing with her because of the sliding that's been going on for at least in my lifetime when I've been awake. I think another last five years. <laughs> but in my lifetime, we've seen senators not doing their job. For so now we got show. now we have a result of this. <laughs> so now people are going to be like, wait a minute, Whoa. the system is broken. Well, yeah. the system isn't broken. The, the people the, the in it people, are broken. The people in it are broken. The people in it are yeah. broken. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't throw out the frame. Let's just let's, let's just get the parts fixed. You know, and, and they're, they're the just they're absolutely wasting monumental amounts of time doing shit that doesn't need to be done. Yeah. And then, so and and they so, have to be held accountable to it. Yeah. And so if you look at it, so if you look at it this way, that what else is the what 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 are your opportunity costs with regards to? government intervention mm-hmm. with regards to regulation, with regards to oversight and all the rest of it. And what I mean by opportunity costs are that you have many, many a person who are on the sidelines and they're working for somebody else. Maybe they're in the C-suite, maybe they're top level, maybe they're you know lower in the organization, but man, they know they could do this a whole lot better because they just can. Mm-hmm. They've got an idea. All they would need is venture capital to go out and start their own company. But they look around and think to themselves, man, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. I don't want to deal with the regulation. I don't want to deal with the oversight. I don't want to deal with the fines. I don't want to mm-hmm. take the risk. Yeah. I don't want to have, I don't want to, I do not want to walk into my business someday and all of a sudden find out that I've got a $50,000 fine because my bathrooms weren't labeled correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what happens? That intellectual property, that intellectual genius, sits on the sideline of our economy and does not generate what? Wealth, value, tax revenue, so on and so forth. It sits on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is so the so the what the true cost of overregulating, that is all people that are not John, the cost of that is not only the people that are in the game, in the arena, willing to fight and have their faces bloodied and sweated and scarred and dusted, but those people that are on the sidelines saying, "Yeah, I don't want to step. I don't want to put my hat into the ring because I don't want to deal with the oversight, the regulation, and the potential of the risk of my livelihood going away, me losing my home, me losing my car, my losing my 529 plans I've saved up for my kids over the past 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. These are all very real considerations. So when AOC talks about, well, they make too much money. Well, what about the 
risk. What are they risking? And is the profit mm-hmm. commiserate with the yeah, risk that they're taking? Reward. And I think it's absolutely commiserate. Well, and even more for me, it's even more simple than that. Who are you to say they're making too much? It's none of your business. It's none of your dang business. If you don't want to shop at Amazon or don't Costco there, or Walmart yeah. because no, you no. think the CEO is making too much money, you, according to Milton Friedman, mm-hmm. right. world-renowned economist, dearly departed, mm-hmm. has the you have the ability to vote with your dollar mm-hmm. and not go there. Yeah, go right. somewhere else. He's he's shooting guy like a six gun. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just <laughs> well, he, well, I mean, he was that good. On a, on a tiny, teeny microscopic level, I do that by not going to Dick's anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I used to buy that sounds like a personal Dick's problem. all the time. So, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, sexual freedom, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> well, you didn't say it was a ginger. We all know about them. Yeah. <laughs> you you want to well, talk? So we can change the subject to freak flags. I suppose. <laughs> I hate that term. I hate that term so much. But uh, you know, I don't. I don't go there anymore. They used to have pretty good deals every now and then mm-hmm. on. on on ammo and stuff, yeah, and I don't yeah. go there at all anymore. But, but, but the other thing, the, the other thing too is that works till you run out of other people's money. Isn't that her comment? But yeah. the, other, the other thing too that we, we haven't uh, that hasn't been t- touched on is is uh, there are so many unfunded mandates <laughs> that have have mm. been passed down mm-hmm. by this bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. As you were talking about earlier, say you said that you, they're putting money in the bureaucracy, but they're putting also putting unfunded mandates into the bureaucracy, mm-hmm. into the system, okay, where they are not forcing themselves to oversight it, to pay for it, to um, uh, look at ways of funding it. Instead, they're saying, okay, you do it for us, and if you don't do it right, we're going to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. But how are you going to hold them accountable? How are they going to hold us accountable? What are you the referring pro- to? Well, for example, um, for, exa- for example, let's let's say the restaurant business. Okay, the the owner of a restaurant has the mandate to take the amount of tip money that a waitress makes and put that on her for, on her uh, 1040 form or her her W two form or whatever else. Mm-hmm. They have to report that. Now, is the waitress going to report all the money? Probably not. If it's the law and she breaks it, then she's in yeah, trouble. But, well, yeah, but see, but then it also the owner's in, in trouble because he doesn't know. And that's an, it's an it's unfunded cash. mandate, is my point. Yeah. That's an unfunded I totally, I totally mandate. That. I'm sorry. I, I well, education well, is a good example because... The whole no child left behind thing was not funded. Mm-hmm. And yet the teachers in the classroom were required to make sure that certain things happened according to federal mandate. Mm-hmm. Right. But we had no funding to make that right. work. Which is why a lot of times they're paying out of their so, pocket. So, right. they told, so they were telling you to do something, but they were not funding or providing the financial resources no. right. to execute the thing they were Correct. telling you to do. Right. And, and, if you didn't, and if you didn't do the thing... Then I was in trouble for my job. And okay. what you're talking about is... is what? The pencils, the paper, the books? What didn't they fund? Uh, differentiated education and, and putting for, more funding what? into grant money for specialized programs. So, so No Child Left Behind says that here, here here's Common Core stuff, okay, and you better meet this or we're going to whack you on funding. Is what, no, it's, they it's, didn't it's, provide any funding to begin with. 
Well, what, what was they the said, funding? go so ahead and What was the funding that they that was lacking? Where would what the money have gone if they'd have funded? What would they, well, they would have had, had to have, they to have more specialized classrooms for kids on the lower end? They had ah. to cut programs for kids on the higher end, right? Mm-hmm. Because they didn't because fund the it. bar was being lowered. Mm-hmm. Consequently, and if we, we didn't have... lower the bar enough and make sure that all these kids that were left behind who couldn't read in second grade now can't read in eighth grade. Now we've got to make all the kids that have been reading since they were mm-hmm. two, we got to make them slow down. So we bring them back because rather than speed exactly. them up, didn't we? Yeah. Right. So we now, the about the, you're talking about the philosophy of it, but where, it was, where did the rubber beat the road and the funding was lacking? And you're saying that in order to bring these kids up to par, that means that we needed to have more teachers. teachers. Right. Or, or have teachers work more hours. Right. Someone's got to fill this gap, right? Right. And that's what the argument is. Yeah. And they the not provide any money for that. You guys got to do this. And so right. that the school systems, the, the district school systems that are responsible for the meeting this demand, not the mm-hmm. teacher, not the principal, but the district is responsible to meet this demand. Out of their own funds, they're supposed to do it. But they didn't. No. No, but see the di- the difference because they wanted the government to provide more money, and the government said no. You guys do it; it's your job. So the argument comes down to well, what was the appropriation of funds? I'm trying to I'm trying to run this thing down so we can when we say that the government didn't fund it, what are we really talking about? Well, if, they wanted new programs in I the school, but they didn't give us any money to do it. The point but you had the money already available. No, 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 no. No, we no. did not. I, look, I'm not. I'm not the government. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not here to help you. <laughs> not the government. No, that's obvious. Let me make this simple for you. Oh, then. <laughs> no, I. Do we need to? I think what 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 you what you're saying is that it's 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 simply put is that. The government says, okay, you have to have more programs, you have to have different programs, you have to have more That's teachers. not what they said. What they said was is you must be held accountable for the programs right. already in place. Not, no, 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 true. no. They yeah. increased they increased the program pro uh, okay, but then they, they said to you. But then they said before we're not the whole idea of don't child left behind was the fact that we are not going to allow kids that, uh, to just float through the system and be promoted up to another class without meeting core curriculum. It was That's exactly what happened. The core curriculum it was, 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 was what was going on before they, before they instituted this. Now, when they, they instituted there was a shitload <laughs> of problems. Which, but I'm trying to address something specifically about the funding. And I'm trying to, to elucidate the way the government is talking about how money is actually spent. But you see, the and money so it's allocation is allocation of funds. So the government, like anything, they allocate a dollar amount to a particular district. The state will do so. If they don't use that money, then they're reevaluated, and that perhaps that number is going to get dropped next year. But that's not really the way it works on the district level. On the district level, they say, "Holy shit! If we don't report that we need this money, it is going to drop. So let's report that we need this money." And they do this by a lot of hook and by trick. That's by true. Problem. So when the real issue came down into the classroom, the classroom teachers and the principals were turning to the government saying it's the fucking government's problem, when in fact it wasn't. It was our own administration that was having the problem. No, not necessarily. I'm making the argument. I'm, I'm, let, me, let, me, let me say this, okay? There's a point in this, by the way. There are, there are, you know, if you look at it, there are block grants that are, that are given by the federal government to the states for education. Mm-hmm. Okay, these those block grants are broken up by whatever system the state has. There's a system involved the, for evaluation the, of the, their needs To the are. districts, okay. That'll take the right. same amount of money. All right, well, they take the same amount of money. Well, if you okay. increase the amount of programs and have the same amount of money, you tell me how you're not going to dumb down that program. 
But they're not increasing it. That's the whole argument. But they are. They are. In what regard? They, in all kinds of regards. When I was in grade school, I didn't get school lunch. I took my lunch to school. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a bus to take me a mile from my house. I walked to school. Right. And now the schools are expected not only to provide transportation to the, all the kids, ex- even if they live across the street from the school, if there's no sidewalk, they have to be picked up by the bus. That's the regulation. Mm-hmm. And now we have Show to give them breakfast. Get into the and now we have to give them lunch. And now we have to provide lunch even to kids who can't pay for their lunch card. So, and the, and the funding for all of that doesn't necessarily follow for all these extra programs that the schools are now responsible for. So what it, it so again I don't know you guys yeah, know I'm more not, about I'm this hence, ergo I'm sitting here listening. Mm-hmm. But it, it it would appear that what you, that what should have happened or in an ideal world is okay this is the new mandate i.e. busing. And here is the money that goes Prorated to the size of your district, number of students, whatever, whatever, whatever formulation you want to come up with, or combination of formulas, add it all up, then divide it by mm-hmm. your denominator, and bang, you've got whatever. Here's the money that goes with it. And as, as opposed to what it sounds like, that this is the thing you've got to do. And by the way, there may or may not be money available, but you've got to be responsible for figuring out how to get it to you. Right. As opposed to saying, here's the carrot, here's the candy bar, go do, as opposed to, here's the carrot, and there might be a candy bar out there somewhere, but you're going to have to fill out the paperwork, maybe employ a bureaucrat or a grant writer or who knows what to get that funding in. And to Dan's point, Dan number one, to Dan one's point, the... um, uh, no, I have no point. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, no. But no. But the but the issue of, of um, uh, he's he's got to uh, it, it's it's present. It's available. And it, and if you say you think you might need it, well, you better put in for it because you don't put in for it, you won't get it. And if you don't spend it, then it won't be there next year. Right. Tax, so, so tax base and school systems is predicated on this, this entire thing. Right. So, so how did so when when they argue the fact that the government is not funding it properly is actually an inaccurate statement. Okay, ultimately you can you can dice it any way you want to, but how do schools get their money? They get it from a tax base, and they also get it via grants from the state. Sure. And the state gets this money from the Fed. Mm-hmm. And there are regulations, and there are yeah. uh, quotas, and there are uh, actuarial aspects that go along with this. And, and, you and, know, what, go along, so and all, so all resolves itself down into that the school district has this amount of money that they can parcel out into what they need for. Yeah. So the school buses were paid for. The I don't know about the lunch thing. I know that that lunch thing is a bit of a big argument. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the hell is paying that. Uh, I think that I think what's happened on the lunch thing is that the schools actually raise taxes. Mm-hmm. In, in order well, to it, that. Here's here's a good example of that. You know, in where I live, John also lives in the same town. We just got our assessment for next year. Our our house value went through the freaking roof. It's like the biggest more, yeah. increase yeah. we've ever had in the. Uh, you know, almost 19 years we've lived there. It's this is absolutely. This is, a, this is a, the assessment. The assessment. Yeah, good luck selling it for that. The taxable value. Yeah, the taxable value. Okay. 
So we're looking at, and what does that come on the heels of? You know, additional requests and funds and, and mm-hmm. you know, things that our district says it must absolutely have. So where are they getting the money? They're getting it from me. What does that mean? That means I have to go out and find yet even more freaking money right. to pay what we know is going to be a much higher tax rate. Or move. On our t- or move, which... You know, ultimately, that is what's going to happen. We're going to leave the state. Sure. I don't know when. It's going to be a while yet. But uh, you know, they're 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 getting it from me, which means okay, Pete has to go out and find more money because for for some arbitrary reason, all of a sudden, our assessment, our deductible value, has just. I mean, it's not a little jump. It's boom! Holy crap! How on earth do they figure? This has that much more value. <laughs> Didn't know you lived in a million-dollar mansion. There's, there's, there's a law. There's <laughs> but, a law in the state, depending on whether you're home rule or not. But there's a law that's there that tells them how far they can push that envelope. Mm-hmm. So one, they, one of the problems is, is that one of the problems that they were suffering right. was is that the assessments that they do, you can actually go to an assessor's office and appeal it. Right? Yeah. Right. So, and a lot of this is going on in in eight oh nine in that area, and so mm-hmm. they were losing so many appeals because there's a law. That states what they have to do. Yeah. They, 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 what they simply did is they raised the basis. Yeah. So instead yep. of now two percent, now it's it's two and a half. Yeah, they just changed the they, law. They, they, they increased the basis, so you can't argue about your assessment. You can't argue with the basis because it's the government that. And puts that it generates in. more revenue. My for point behind all of this thing is, is about bureaucracy. <laughs> it's my whole underlying point was about the bureaucracy. So when the government funds something, we talk about these bureaucracies. Mm-hmm. They do things that no taxpayer can ever say about. And when you talk about the ability of not having an accountability oversight, there's your problem. Yeah. And, and so for a company like Amazon, their interior books do have oversight. Most very large companies are corporations. There's oversight within their own organizations. I know about Enron. I know about criminals. I and mean, it goes on everywhere. That's always going to happen. But when you get into a bureaucracy the size of the U.S., it's unbelievable. And you know who's in charge of that bureaucracy? You're going to say we are. The president. No. Oh. It is the power. It is the yeah. most power a president has. Yeah. Is he is fully in charge of the bureaucracy, which is why a lot of taxpayers can't say anything to him. Right. Congress can't say anything to him. The only thing Congress can say is, is we're not going to fund you. Mm-hmm. It, but once the budget's passed, he has total control where hell he wants to. That's why when he moved that money to the wall, mm-hmm. and they all clamored the fact that, that that's illegal, it's fully within his right to do so. Mm-hmm. Completely. And yeah. yeah. And there's a reason for that. And there's probably there's also a good reason why it is that. Our current president is having such an incredible blowback from what they call the fourth branch of government or the deep state, mm-hmm. and that is those bureaucrats that are just simply entrenched within. Because although they fall under his jurisdiction, these are human beings with free will, agendas, and egos, I'm and not all the rest like that. Like I'm not, not, yeah, not going to exactly. do that. And the so, resistance. so when you talk yeah. about actually draining the swamp, it's the executive branch, and everything's falling under the executive branch. It goes all the way down into the school systems. The school systems are one of the biggest. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, it, the the other one is the is the emergency services. Mm-hmm. That, that's another big pothole f- of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go into the fire department in, in Woodstock. I mean, I knew the guy that built the damn thing. I walked through it when they were building it. I mean, this thing rivals the houses that I've I've built in Barrington. I mean, it's unbelievable what they have in this place. Mm-hmm. For right. a fire department, right? That you know, I know fire departments are necessary, but is this necessary? And there's well, no the answer to that is, is that the money was allocated to them, and they get and to, they, and they have what they call the discretion to spend it as they see. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it winds up to. So the so, whole argument about the school and no child left behind and the problem of the federal government, it isn't the issue. The problem is bureaucracy. 
would be interesting to know how much the government really could cut costs without really having any impact. <laughs> it, On actual pro- services delivered. Yeah, it's probably just a frightening amount of money. Oh, it is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I yeah. Can't, it's hard to even imagine how frightening that number probably well, is. Well, it, it's intuitive because the idea that, you know, the bureaucracy's main job is to justify its existence. Exactly. It's an old, old, and this goes all the way back to Rome. Keep I mean, alive. the only way to get rid of these things, like the Chicago Public School, it's just to get rid of it. <laughs> you cannot fix it. There no. is no way you can fix it. So you have to abolish it. Before, before you abolish it, you got to come up with something new, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. You mean to pull the weed? You got to, you know, got to get the root. Yeah, I think someone uh-huh. said that earlier, and, yeah. and someone well, rightly chimed in. You got to get real close to it. Yeah, you're the gardener. Yeah, yeah, you should know. Oh, out of town. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, on that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Um, that, so maybe we'll talk about gardening next week. You know, start digging for roots. Oh, no. Talk about <laughs> Golf clap it out, guys. This turned out, for no topic, this turned out pretty good.